Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. It's episode 734. I've got a great guest. I've got Nick Arman, founder and CEO of InnoServ. And it's a independent WordPress plugin shop, um, which Nick has founded. They um, do a number of really popular pod, um, plugins. And we're going to be discussing his journey in building this business, things he's learned. If you're looking to develop a plugin in the WordPress ecosystem, I'm sure you're going to find this interview really interesting. Um, Before we go into the main meat and potatoes, um, we're going to go for a short break. Messages from our major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning, and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I just wanted to point out that we got some great special offers from sponsors and other plug-in um, producers, services, anything that you might be looking for around WordPress. To get all these goodies, all you have to do is go over to WPTonic slash recommendations, and the special offers and deals are all on that page. And you can sign up for the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, which I do. So, Nick, um, so would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the WP Tonic tribe, you know, your background, and how did you get into the semi-crazy world of WordPress, Nick? You look too sensible to me. <laughs> That's right, yes. Actually, my background is not in WordPress or IT at all. Uh, I spent over 10 years in financial services, uh, especially in banking. Um, I worked in mainly in Germany, Switzerland, and the UK for various uh, banks, uh, mostly in a project-based uh, role, so one project after another. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. But the point with the project business is that um, even though you learn a lot, by the way, I think that's um, a recommendation I give to almost everybody who's just starting out working. It's project-based business is great to get started because you because you have to switch projects, you know, every three or six months. 
and you have to think into new subject matter very quickly. You get so you say to do that. So you you say projects. What kind of project was a was the IT coding or was it? It was nothing. No, nothing to do. It was basically mostly on the marketing and distribution side. Oh right. So first, the first four years, I worked for a small um, consultancy in Frankfurt in Germany, and there we advised banks and insurance companies and so on on how to uh, open up new distribution channels, how to optimize the marketing, uh, and all of that. And when I then switched, I switched sides to the bank. In Switzerland, um, I basically did the same, but in-house. And then we also did various projects basically to increase uh, business and revenues. Oh, so what led to WordPress and doing your right. first so, plugin? I mean, the yes. So basically, it was a great experience to do the project-based business in a bank. But at some point, I felt... Um, it wasn't you. I wasn't building up something. So you you spend yeah. three to six months on a project, and then you move on to the next one and the next one, and kind of basically you don't care much what happens to the project you did before. And that was called, always an aspect where I thought, okay, now I want to build up something, right? Put one stone after another, and then have my uh, little little shop, so to speak. And right. uh, that's so, basically, yeah. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but so was this um so was this a attempt to build a bit of a side hustle, a, a secondary income, right. a secondary possibility? No, it was never from the income. I, I I knew okay, in order to build up a business, it takes uh, you know all your time and dedication. So doing something in parallel you know, is a challenge. So I decided basically to uh, stop working in a bank and then just oh. dive into it wow. and just do it from scratch yeah wow that, that's um that's a big commitment financially and so wasn't you a little bit concerned you know you don't mind i don't want to be too personal did you No, never... you can i mean you can ask anything i don't have to oh, answer it right well, <laughs> no that's true yeah. um so did you have a reasonable runway of finan- financial resources did you have a six yes. month 12 month runway Yes, actually, yes, actually, it was much longer than that. Um, I mean, it was kind of a change, I have to say. So the um, I built up, you know, a bit of um, from the salary, uh, uh, some money I could use for it for the project. But I also um, changed my lifestyle again. So right. when I had a nice salary for the bank, I, you know, was living in a very very nice apartment and didn't, uh, you know, too much care about what the, what I spent the money on and how much it was. Yeah. And that changed a lot. I mean, then I, you know, moved back into a shared apartment, which many people in the position I was in would not have done. They would have considered it as, as a step back, which I mean, financially and in terms of direct responsibility at the beginning, it was a step back. But I never saw it that way. Um, I always wanted to see it long term and I wanted just to build up my own shop. Well, I really admire your commitment and focus. You know, it's um, obviously you didn't have a you have you don't want me asking you don't have a family and that at the present moment. Then is that no, correct? sometimes I say no. I have I have kids and they are called um, Follow It and Ultimately Social and Backup List. Those are the names of our our products, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's I a very it's a sad it's a sad answer, but that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I totally understand, actually. Um, 
So before we go into the next question, I just want, obviously, um, I want to promote what plugins because that's the main reason why you come on the show. And also, you strike me as somebody very open and I thought we could provide some real value. You do have an extensive range of plugins. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about each individual, but let's just quickly go through them. Um, you put it on top of your list when you sent me some notes about what you wanted to discuss in this interview, and it's Taste WP. So quickly, what does Taste WP do? Okay, Taste WP is just a website where you can spin up a new WordPress instance with one click. You don't even have to be logged in. You just click on Spin It Up, and then you have your little WordPress instance, which expires in two days or if you logged in already in seven days. Oh, that's and really useful. Right. You can use it just, you know, to play around, to try out plugins you don't want to try out on your live site or themes as well, of course. Um, teachers love it. And of course, beginners just to, you know, get to know WordPress and therefore also the teachers, they use it for well, their pupils. Yeah, I would have thought also a lot of developer types implement as, you know, when you're trying out different plugins, um, you don't want to bother having to set up a staging site, but you also don't want to install something new on um, a production site and fill your database with junk. So just spinning your thing up and trying it, I would have thought a lot. So on to the next one, backup and migration. What does that do? Yeah, that's a backup and migration plugin, um, which basically, you know, very simple, easy to use. You install it, you click on create backup, and then it creates the backup. And um, you install it on another site from another host, for example, and then you can migrate a site uh, very easily, and Does we started do, with. Mm-hmm, yeah, you don't right. want me. Um, is it crippled? You know, a lot of these backup plugins, unless you pay the pro, um, a lot of them are basically kind of semi-crippled. What, right, your, it's not. I wouldn't call it. I, no, yes. So it's not crippled. Um, th- there is a limit in the free version, which is the two gigabyte uh, uh-huh. maximum in terms of the backup you can take. But the point is also. Um, I'm not sure how to think about it because now I'm thinking about maybe we should have made it more crippled because not that many users upgrade. They're just happy with the free version. Um, well, that, uh, that's, that, that's something we're going to discuss in the rest of the interview. So copy and delete and post. What does that do? Yeah, that just allows you to quickly copy a, a page or post um, and has, of course, tons of features. You can define what exactly you want to have copied uh, of that post or page. And uh, but basically, that's at the core. That's what it does. Right. Read, redirection plugin. That, that's self-descriptive. So, um, so let's go on to the next one. My pop-up and ups. What does that do? Right. My pop-ups is just a um, pop-up um, service. Um, actually, they're the main part of the uh, codes is on a different site, but the plugin is plugged into that. So. Um, we have like a separate page, mypopups.com, where you can design and style your pop-up as you want it uh, for various purposes, from, you know, collecting emails oh. to showing discount counts to showing cookie notices, for example. And then the plugin is just making it easier to integrate it on your WordPress site. And finally, ultimate social media I- icons. Right, the ultimate, yes, that's actually the plugin with with which everything started, which is a plugin where you can place social media icons on your site. So you want to have your Facebook and Twitter icons on your site, then this plugin allows to do that in a very easy way. And of course, it has tons of other features. Right. So let's go on. That's given a brief outline because you've got about almost half a dozen really um, 
interesting plugins here. Um, so what have been some of the most significant challenges? Because you, you're a brave individual. Obviously, you're prepared to take a certain element of risk. Um, um, yes, we can are, talk about it right away. I mean, the financials was always a big challenge. Yeah, but, so we bootstrapped. So what was what has been some of the biggest one or two challenges you faced getting this going in the yes. right direction? Nick? So the the financial side was certainly one. I mean, if you bootstrapped and you have to look at every penny you spend, uh, that is a challenge. But I, to be honest, I really come to enjoy it because if you're bootstrapped, um, first of all, it's a nice challenge, you know, to try to get as far as you can with your existing um, budget, and it's also it sharpens your um, mind a lot because there's the saying that um, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if you get have a lot of money, then I'm sure we would have spent yeah. it on, you know, various marketing uh, mm -hmm. methods. And, uh, but as they say, marketing is tax for a bad product. So we would have probably just, you know, in order to get users, we would have spent a lot of money on marketing and trying to fix it that way. Um, but Uh, that would have been all in vain because if you're bootstrapping and it doesn't work, then you're basically forced to think about, okay, maybe the product doesn't have uh, market fit yet and you need to improve the product. And if the people don't uh, buy it or use it, then that's feedback. You, you need to make your product better. But if we had that money, then I'm sure we would have spent a lot of money for nothing. So that's another aspect I very much like about the uh, bootstrapping part of it. And of course, the fact that uh, you kind of feel of more independent than if you had taken on uh, external capital, uh, because even if you're lucky and have a you know, very uh, free investor who gives you free hand and says, okay, you don't need to pay back for, you know, in the near future, there's still always the pressure you feel that, you know, you have to return the money as quick as possible, not only the investment, but much more than that. Well. Well, you strike me as somebody who's got a conscience. Obviously, if you're a psychopath, it doesn't really bother you, does it? <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. I'm trying not to, you know, not to be too much of a psychopath, as you can see. But uh, um, and that kind of is also an aspect which um, which I liked about the bootstrapping strategy. So that was the whole, whole bootstrapping financial. That was one challenge. And the other challenge was certainly to find the right people. I mean, at the end of the day, if the company, if any company is successful, it comes down to how good the people are. And that is actually, that's what I've came to realize, that my job as the founder is actually just to find the best people. It's not to code it's anything not, myself. It's not, it, yeah. And it's not easy, is it? That's, yes, it's very uh, tough. Uh, but over the years, you, you know, you get better ideas of how to, find good people. And with good people, I don't just mean technically good people, but also people who culturally uh, fit into the company. And uh, especially at the beginning, uh, we made, I especially made a lot of mistakes in this um, respect. So but, I think um, mm. before we go for our break, um, what's a couple of things that really, um, what are a couple red flags when you're initially looking at a possible freelancer, a partner, somebody that you're, it's going to be part of your team, what are some things that really put you off an individual? If you don't, or um, encourage yes, you to, make, to hire them. Right. So one of the first things I always look for is good communication. 
Um, there are, you can feel it instantly. It's just, you know, after you don't even have to speak to them after like exchanging three or two messages uh, via text, uh, you already get a good idea of how responsive they are, of how good their um, English is. And I've always, and also of course, what their attitude is. That's also a crucial factor. I mean, we had people who were like technically not on the same standard as some other candidates, but you felt instantly, okay, these are people you want to invest in. Um, they are open, they are humble, they want to learn, uh, they are polite, and they will. those people will also stick around for a long time if you treat, you know, if yeah. the atmosphere is good. And those are always the people now I have a strong preference for. I don't mind if they're not technically not on the level like other candidates. Well, I think a red flag, um, and it, affect, it can affect all price levels, you know, I've I've hired really quite expensive freelancers for quasar detailed projects, and the red flag is what I call ghosting. Um, they communicate and then they ghost you, and when they start ghosting you, I chop them pretty quick because it's okay. it's never going to work out. And it doesn't matter how much you try and communicate with them; that's unacceptable. They always keep on ghosting you. That's right. I mean, that's at the beginning, especially. I always had the hopes that they will change, you know. And you <laughs> know, do. I was thinking, yeah, okay, once or twice. But now, come on, next time now we talked about it and he or she guarantees that it's going to change. Well, again, it change. <laughs> well, based on my experience, it's all right for like a week, two weeks until they get, um, because, it, you know, they get another better offer and then they bun what the work you're doing down on the list and they start ghosting you again because that's how they're operating. Um, so they're not going to change their ways. So, um I think we're going to go for our break. We'll be back. I'm really enjoying this interview with Nick. And we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. We're coming back. Like I say, I do a weekly newsletter. It normally goes out Sunday or Monday morning. It's got all the latest WordPress and tech stories. Um, I also do a detailed dictator. Um, editorial, as I was going to say, dictatorial there. Um, <laughs> editorial, can hardly talk, folks. Why you listen to this podcast? I don't know, but more of you are. That's amazing. Uh, we're getting more and more listeners. Uh, um, but do sign up for it. How, where do you go? Basically, you go to the WP Tonics slash recommendations and you can find that you can then sign up for the weekly newsletter i have all links to recommendations special offers um it's a great and not a boring wp wp wordpress general newsletter i try and jazz it up a bit so please sign up for that so on to our next question nick um so based on your experience if somebody came to you and say nick I'm really thinking of 
developing my first commercial plugin, putting it into the WordPress directory um, and the WordPress marketplace in general. Are there one or two things that you've learned on your, based on your own experience and road that you could really point out to them that would really help them? Right. So, I mean, our experience uh, with the freemium model is uh, is a very good one, where we basically offer uh, a lot of features for free. We use the WordPress um, repository um, as an opportunity to be found very quickly because th- almost everybody, if they're looking for a plugin, they first look for free plugins, and that is in the WordPress uh, repository. And that can give you um, eyeballs pretty quickly. It's not that easy sometimes for very new plugins, um, but it's still, you know, if you can uh, think about the number of people um, who who look at it, there's still, if if you provide a quality um, product, then you, you'll, I think you'll always have a chance. I mean, the beauty about WordPress is that it's so huge. I mean, it's powering now, I think, 43% of websites or something like that. And um, you, you have, I remember when our first plugin, the social media plugin, when we started with it, there were already tons of social media plugins out there. And there, there were even there were even plugins. One was called Yet Another Social Media Plugin. That was the <laughs> name of the plugin. <laughs> so there were like tons out there. But if you really um, create a good plugin, maybe with a slightly different angle um, to what the other plugins did, of course, ease of use is, is key. Um, then you still have a chance. And so don't be afraid of you know, tackling the the big topics, um, which is, you know, creating backups. Our backup plugin is also, I don't know, number 20 who entered the race. Uh, but, you know, if the quality is there, I, I strongly believe that that you do have a chance. Um, and regarding the, yeah. I've tried them all um, uh, because I, when I was an active developer, I tried them all and, um um, I, I won't go into all my um, lessons learned about that. <laughs> um, uh, um, st- I found them all had strengths and very um, strong weaknesses. Um, so I learned the hard way to have multiple backup vectors. Um, one thing that occurred to me, because um, I always feel that it's, and it's, I'm not having a go at your selection here, but one of the things that occurred to me, and we chatted about this when we first, um, I first approached you to come on the podcast, is you've got a very diverse um, selection of different plugins here in different niches of the WordPress ecosystem. Um, is this been intentional? Did you intentionally de- decide to do this, that you were going to have a very diverse group of plugins, or is this just how it just naturally ended up? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Uh, I mean, it also depends a bit on our other um, products. So basically, we're trying also to create synergies between those products. So maybe on the face of it, they look like very different, but there is a connection also. So one of our main services is not a plugin. It's a news website, a news distribution platform called Follow It. And uh, we, for example, launched a plugin in order to get more users for that platform. And for that platform, we then also created the pop-up service for which we then needed uh, a plugin. So there is, at least regarding some of the plugins, there is a connection in the background, even though it's not that 
obvious to see. Um, having said that, uh, some of them were also opportunistic. Well, we thought, okay, um, this is an interesting market, but we don't believe in the current solutions out there. So there's an opportunity. And because we had some plugin uh, knowledge, we just decided to create a solution for it. So you, um, you've you mentioned about quality um, still being really important. And like any product, it, you know, for you to have any traction or it's got to be competitive, Um but are there any other things that you would like to point out that you've learned that gets you starts getting you traction in the WordPress plugin ecosystem that you think people don't understand that are important? I have to think about it. I mean, the WordPress repository was always number one for us. And then getting the free users and then upgrading to premium. I mean, we tried a lot of other things. We tried... Um, you know, blog posts, and we tried mm. collaborations and partnerships. But those, we tried affiliate marketing, um, but those actually never moved the dial. Mm. I mean, so our, basically, simply put, our um, path to success was always have a great free version, which um, gets seen in the WordPress um, repository, and then it spreads via word of mouth, we assume. Um, so the quality is just everything. Quality is the best way of uh, making it spread. So you said about your backup, but it is tricky when you've got a premier premier model because you you've been very honest. You said that you that not enough people with your backup and migration plugin are signing up for the premier. Um, they're just satisfied with the free version. Um, what are some of the lessons you've learned? Is that the real tricky bit as well? Is- yes, but the, the final word isn't out regarding that because this is just now a certain point in time. I mean, the advantage, we have now a lot of momentum in terms of uh, growth, the free plugin. And that also, of course, increases the our premium sales. And in, in the long term, I think it's still a good strategy, but you just need to have you know, a long you know, stamina to... Uh, wait all those years until it pays off. So it's not for short-term monetization. It's not a good plan, uh, but in the long term, I think it's it's valid. Yeah, but yes, but I, yeah, you know. Um, but I think one of the problems, one of the strengths, is I think there's over sixty thousand plugins now in the directory. Um, and I think it's a great, it's the thing that grew WordPress. Themes and plugins have been the driver to WordPress, plus a, a solid core. Um, but it is very much the Wild West. You really don't know what you're installed in. Do you think there needs to be some kind of arrangement where if you're if you're got a premier plugin that you could go somewhere and it could be quickly checked over and you get a blue tick saying that this plugin matches some kind of predetermined quality standards. Yes, it's a good point. Um, there is discussion going on about this and also just to create like a 
in the in the app store where people can you know up, upgrade quickly to the premium pl um, versions of the plugins which would be sweet from our perspective as plugin creators because it would make it uh, very easy now it's all a bit you know decentral very diverse and but that can also be an advantage so it, yeah. it's hard to say um i mean i would like you know anything that helps us making sales is good so If there's like uh, some vetting and some, you know, a stamp of quality. Um, which well, it's just a bit of, you know, it won't say, it will just, it, the way I saw it, it was, because they, they do that. It's always been strange to me, Nick, because they've always done more checking, more hurdles around themes. I, I've never put in a theme But I understand the checks and the standards and the process is quite can be quite painful. Where with the plugin, it's always seemed very much more looser. I I never really fully understood that. Or do you think I'm not correct in that statement, Nick? Right. Yeah, I don't know the theme business at all. We thought about uh, submitting a theme at some point, but we never uh, did. I mean, with the plugins, the question is: yes, it's diverse. Yes, there are sometimes questions of quality. But isn't doesn't get that? I mean, you're talking about the free versions now. Doesn't that get fixed by just the feedback system and people using the plugin, and so you can see how many sites uh, use it and the ratings and so on? Um, I mean, it's. Um, I think I, I think I think it really depends on the person that's doing the reviewing. Uh, I think your general user. Um, or small non-profit or small business, even up to a medium. I classify a medium, anything between 25 to 500 employees. You'd be amazed at the people that know nothing about it. They just They just do a search, they see something that seems to fit, and it gets installed directly on their production site. And when it causes, it takes the site down or it, or it causes the site to be hacked, Well, bloody WordPress, it's useless. I'm going off yeah. to Square, I'm going off to Squarespace, so I'm going over to Kajabi. Um yes, this is yes. this is the problem with the system at the present moment, I feel. That is true. Although uh, we've noticed that when we had like vulnerabilities in our plugins and um, you know, some ethical or not so ethical hackers uh, identified those. Then WordPress was very quick to react and just take the plugin off the directory immediately, and um, I'm I'm not sure who would then do be doing the the quality checking because um well they do to, they they do a similar system with the themes to my understanding they do check over the coding standards of the theme so but I'm, I might be wrong Nick but that is my understanding yes they do but there there will never be. Uh, I think the uh, guarantee that they catch every possible no. vulnerability because it's so complex, I guess. No. So, yeah. 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 Well, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Nick's agreed to stay on. You'll be able to watch the whole show on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. So, Nick, what's the best way to find more about you, your company, and the plugins that you produce? All right. I think the best thing is just to head over to edcef.com. Uh, That's the company which has all the plugins listed. And uh, also you can just go to TasteWP and spin up a site, which already has most of our plugins pre-installed. Oh. So you can just go ahead and uh, try them out that way. 
That's great, Nick. And thanks for being so generous with your time and being so frank and honest with your answers to my delving questions. Nick's <laughs> agreed, like I say, Nick's agreed to stay on for the bonus content. Like I say, you can see that on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. And please subscribe to the channel. It really does support the show. And I've got a lot, I've got a new show I'm doing, um, which is the Membership Machine Show. It's all about membership websites, automation. I've got... Um, it's a great show, going to be turning that into a podcast next month. Um, please join that. That's on Friday. You can join that live every Friday at 10 a.m. Um, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.